welcome to the latest mini-series on the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Podcast with me, Sue Parker, where we're learning all about how to build a lifestyle business. We're kick-starting with a complete 101 masterclass in nine steps to build your lifestyle business, which you can get your hands on a totally free copy of the ebook to keep forever. The link is in the show notes. Followed by how to build a profitable passive income business model using knowledge you already have and then an amazing success story from the tennis elbow queen and how she took a traditional in-person therapy practice online. She's now serving many clients working from absolutely anywhere. With plenty more to come, I'd love to hear what else you'd like to hear. Tag or message me on social media, link is in the show notes. And don't forget to share these episodes with anyone else you know who is desperate for more time, more money and freedom in their business or life. Hi there and welcome to the show where we are talking all about the nine ways to become a lifestyle entrepreneur. I wanted to create something that meant you could take away actionable steps today and tools that will allow you to overcome obstacles. So this episode is a summary of an ebook that you can find over on the website absolutely for free. And yes, my team advised me, hey Sue, this is too valuable. You don't wanna be giving this away. But I thought, no, we want to make these steps happen. I want to encourage more and more people to step out of your comfort zone and start to create financial freedom. So here we have it, the nine ways to become a lifestyle entrepreneur a collection of everything I have learnt through taking thousands of pounds worth of courses, working with mentors, business coaches, and following other successful people in the online space, but also offline and figuring out how are they building something that works for the life they want to lead. Now, a little bit of housekeeping, first of all. If I'm talking a little bit too quickly for you, you can turn down the speed. It's because I have so much to get through. So I am gonna be speaking quite quickly. And also, because I'm so excited and passionate about all of this stuff that I've learned that I'm now sharing and I'm you know, gonna be inspiring other people and helping you, I it makes me kind of excited. And when I get excited, as you can probably tell, we talk a lot more quickly. But then, you know, who wants to listen to something droning on in a really monotone, you know, slow voice? It put you to sleep. I'm not here as your sleep meditation podcast. And the second thing I want to warn you is I do have baby Luca in the background. So that every now and then you might hear a little baby cooing. He just likes to be close to mama. And you know what? I'm really taking the extremes of lifestyle entrepreneurship here. I've decided to podcast in the middle of the day in crazy times when there isn't anybody else about thinking, I have inspiration now. I really want to share this. I'm just so desperate to get the nine ways to become a lifestyle entrepreneur ebook out there and in your hands. The third piece of housekeeping is how do you get your hands on this good, good, rich content? Well, the truth is you just need to head over to the link in the show notes and you can download your very own copy. You can print off, highlight, refer to whenever you need to. It's there for yours, for the keeping. And yes, maybe I should be charging for this, but I don't want to. So let's delve right into the nine ways that we're going to cover today. I'm going to answer some of your core questions that are going to come up on this journey. The, the, the questions I'm going to cover, I'm going to re- run through now very quickly so that you can perhaps skip ahead if you particularly want to listen about a particular section, a question you've got. But I suggest that you probably listen to the whole episode because at some point, all of these things will become a question in, or a doubt in your mind, even if you feel like you've already answered it and you know exactly what you're doing. 
So first of all, I'm going to run through very briefly, should you build a lifestyle business? And the big question mark over that one, if you're in doubt zone. The second one I'm going to run through is what should your business be about? You might have thousands of ideas. Let's sift that down. Maybe you've gone with an idea, but you're stop start. You keep dropping it and going back. The third thing I'm going to run through is how to develop a success mindset. You learn very quickly when you get going that without it, you are going to hold yourself back. There's a lot of resistance. So we must deal with that. The, third, the fourth thing I'm going to look, run through is how do I create a business with more time to live? Because you're probably hearing, hey, you know, if you want a business, you're going to be putting in 24-7, you know, in the early days and all that kind of hustle culture. And I want to demystify, debunk, but also come up with the strategies for you that allow you to take the time element away or reduce it as much as possible. The fifth thing we're going to run through is how can I make money? So Sue, you're telling me we can make money in different ways, but what are these ways? I I don't understand how these influencers or how this person or that person makes any money. And that's what I'm going to run through today. What systems do you need in order to be automated? You know, is the tech too much? Is that going to scare you off? Has that scared you off before and made you think this is not for me? Let's run through what systems you really need. And if you need more help with that, you know I'm the person to reach out to. We're then going to look at sales funnels. How do you create one that really works? How do you create a simple sales funnel? And how do you create something that might give you evergreen, forever leads and customers that will come and buy your products? We're also going to look at how do you convince people to buy from you? You're probably thinking, hey, Sue, there's so much competition out there. Why would anybody want to buy from me? I'm simply at the early stages and everybody else is doing it so much better than I. Well, we all feel the same. You probably heard that before. But how do you build yourself as an influencer, as an expert in your field and get credible? And then the finally, we're going to talk about how to get more done in the same or less time. Because frankly, this isn't about being glued to your laptop. This isn't about hustling all night long. You know, you might have to do some upfront work with some of these, absolutely. But it isn't about chaining you to the laptop so that, yeah, you have a beach life, but you're on your laptop. Yeah, you're traveling, but you're on your laptop. Yeah, you're with the kids, but you're on your laptop. It might be that you want to take that quality time, go and live more, and that's why you wanna do this. You want to look after your health and wellness. So we've got to figure out how do we work smarter, not harder, not hustling, but smarter. And some of the most successful people in the world have really cracked this. So who am I sharing these strategies from, you know, and let me tell you some of the sources of some of these ideas. So Brendan Burchard is a really big person when it comes to high performance productivity and high performance when it comes to successful people. And he's done various studies. So I do take quite a bit of work and ideas from Brendan's studies. There's also various older experts in this realm. So we've got Brian Tracy's book, Eat Your Frog. We've got more recently, we've got James Clear with Atomic Habits. We've got lots of information that comes out of Um, interviews with Warren Buffett and various other successful people that give you insights into how they think and act on a daily basis that allow them to build the lifestyle they have that they want. And here's the thing, you need to figure out what it is you're trying to build before you even get started. More on that in a little while. But let's talk about why you should perhaps build a lifestyle business. And is it really right for you? Now, the great resignation, which you've probably heard me talk about many times, came about during the pandemic. But it's actually it was on the rise for many years before then. We just never really brought it to the forefront of our mind. 
The pandemic meant that we're more conscious about our health and well-being. So we're starting to look at ways that we can have a better work-life balance, more flexibility, more purpose, and all of the things that lead to a fulfilling and happy life for most of us. So when you have changes like that happen, there's a change in supply and demand. And the way businesses work during that time has also changed. The controversial truth that it used to be a case that you'd have a job for life and now you're more likely to have 12 or 15 jobs for your life. Your job is not secure until you retire and there's no such thing as final pensions in most cases. Those days are over. They're probably the advice you get from your parents, the baby boomer generations and other generations where it was very different to how the world works now. We're more likely to work longer, work smarter, leverage technology and have more mini retirements or long career gaps that allow us in our young age to travel and do all the things that we'd like to do. But as you get older, becomes more and more challenging. It becomes more and more that you don't have the health insurance. You don't have the health anymore. You don't have the desire or the energy to do your travel. So a lot of people are realizing they need to travel in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s because let's face it, we're all getting a little bit healthier as we get older with the advances of technology and healthcare and all the rest of it. So the reality is you're going to be working for longer. You want to find a certain amount of purpose and you want to take advantage or you would like to take advantage perhaps of all the opportunities. The barrier to entry to build a business now has never been lower. Literally, you've probably seen teenagers in the corner of their bedroom with a smartphone creating dropshipping accounts or Etsy stores or whatever it is. And this isn't restricted just to them. This isn't limited to young people. If you're listening of any age, we can figure this out. We can learn anything. We just need to put in the effort and the belief. Now, moving on to what should your business be about? Because if you're like me, you've got millions of ideas. And I talk to friends most weeks who are coming to me and saying, hey, Sue, what about this or this or this? And they just ping pong between different ideas, never really getting much traction. I want you to sit down and think about what it is you want to do for the long term. Think of your life's work. Now, I draw this Venn diagram, which you'll find in the ebook. The Venn diagram overlaps your strengths, your key skills, your natural talents with passion and market demand. In the middle here, this is exactly where you should get your business ideas from. You should overlap everything that you're good at, you're naturally strong in, and use that, leverage that. Maybe you're good at maths and maybe you absolutely are passionate about travel. And therefore, combining the two, you've got a travel budgeting blog or you've got something where you can talk about the cost of traveling the world and how you can do it on a, on a budget or how you can do it in a luxury way. And you're combining your passions with your strength for maths and combining stats in there. Maybe you're going to do about stats of travel or something. I don't know. But where there's a market demand, so there'll be some people who need to travel on a budget, they will look at your content. They will absorb your content. They will want your support. They'll download your free budget travel planners and all that kind of thing. So where there's your natural strengths and skills overlap with passion that you have in a subject area, a topic, a niche, and that overlaps with the market demand, that's where the sweet spot lies. And if you're thinking, well, how do I know which of these passions to go with because I've got loads and some of your passions it's true to say you shouldn't leverage to make money because when you do sometimes it can take the fun away from it 
There are some hobbies that should always be hobbies, but then there are other things that you can leverage, that you can and should leverage. And that's about brainstorming these ideas. Now, in effect, any topic is a niche. It's like, I used to be in the niche of leadership coaching, and that was that was a very broad niche. So I actually super niched it down. So I went even more specific so that I could I could pin I could basically segment my market, very clearly speak to one type of client and also help one type of person. It meant it was really simple for me as a leadership coach to understand where they're coming from. And naturally, I'm a woman in tech, woman from tech, and I was a, a leader, so therefore I was a female leadership women in tech and data coach. Now you see that what I've done there is I've taken a really broad niche like leadership coaching and I've niched it down. Think of that travel blogger we talked about earlier on. A budget travel blogger is starting to niche, isn't it? Maybe it's a budget travel blogger around the world because they're talking about world tours. Maybe we're talking about Asia and tours around um, different countries that are in the continent of Asia. Perhaps it's budget travel in cities. So it's city break budget travel that you can do. When you think about a broad topic, one way to really stand out in a market is to really sub-niche or super-niche. You can always go wide later on. You don't need to worry about it. It just gives you a really clear focus and one target audience. If you're thinking, well, the big experts don't niche, they, they speak to everyone. If you only have to look at people like Gary Vaynerchuk and um, people like the Diary of the CEO, Stephen Bartlett, they talk to everybody. Well, the reality is at one point they didn't. If we think about Tim Ferriss, so Tim Ferriss is the author of The 4-Hour Workweek and he is the podcast host of The Tim Ferriss Show and various other books like The 4-Hour Body and so on and so forth. Now, when Tim started out, he was very much a tech investor. He'd had experience in Silicon Valley and a lot of success. So when he launched his 4-Hour Workweek book, it was very targeted to people who have done tech startups or invested in tech or created tech companies. That was his niche. So basically, the guys and girls that he would have come across over in Silicon Valley when he first started out, it was aimed at those people who were suffering burnout and really struggling to live a life because, like him, they'd found themselves very tied to a business. The business was, in effect, controlled and run by them. Now, who buys that book these days? The 4-Hour Workweek? Well, I've got it on my bookshelf and I know nothing about tech investing. <laughs> it's ironic, isn't it? I worked in tech, but I know nothing about it. You might have that book on your shelf. You might have The 4-Hour Body. All he did is he expanded his reach later and he found that there were certain elements and tools in the book that resonated. There's a hell of a lot of that book that I'm never going to use. We might talk about supply chains and delivery of a physical product. But there are some elements of the philosophy that I really buy into. And that's why I bought it. Once you have established yourself in a niche, you've become really expert and you're good at what you do. You can then branch out. Sorry. Did you hear the little man stir then? Okay, so I'm moving on to one of the fatal things that will hold you back. Your level of resistance, your belief in yourself. And I'm going to quote Henry Ford. It sounds like an old quote, but you know what? The guy was right. Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you are probably right. I'm going to talk about how to develop a success mindset because whether you implement any strategy, whether you execute, whether you speak to a potential client, whether you have a sales call, whether you put some content out out online, you put yourself forward for a speaking event, it all depends on whether you believe you are capable of doing it, whether you believe you can do it. 
And the reality is, if you don't have that success mindset, the idea that this is going to work, you're going to give up, aren't you? I mean, who's going to carry on pushing a boulder uphill when you know it's just going to roll back down and flatten you again in the future? You're just going to stay where you are, stay stuck doing what you're doing in your comfort zone because that's working. Your brain is already thinking, well, this works and I'm, I'm okay. I might not be mega happy, but I'm comfortable and it's working. It's secure, it's steady, it's working. Whilst it might not serve us in everyday life, the negative bias that our brain has is there to protect us. It's the state of fear is, is to keep us in a zone where we know things are safe. It's actually been created by our old brains that were saving us from some wild animal that might attack us, maybe a bear or something. So it keeps us doing what it knows is safe to do and staying in zones where we know it to be comfortable. And ultimately, that negative bias that our brain has tells us all the time what could go wrong if we try and do something different than that. And that's what we're fighting against. And it is almost Now, I'm going to share with you five ways that you can cultivate a success mindset. And don't worry, I'm not preaching because I am not there yet. These are the sorts of things that you have to keep doing. You have to remind yourself of. It is about a repeat process in order to change your mindset And you're doing it all the time. Every time you have a new goal, you've somehow got to cultivate the idea that you are going to be successful in achieving that goal. Now, remember, if you don't want to write these down or it's not convenient right now, you can head over to my website, links in the show notes, and grab the full ebook with everything in it. So the first one I'm going to share with you is to know what success is to you. Use your values to determine that end goal. If I was to quote Stephen Covey, if your ladder is up against the wrong wall, you're going to get to the wrong destination. And I have been there in my life. How many of us set out on a goal, a success path when we were 19 or 18, only to realize years down later in life, what the hell were we doing? How did I end up here? I don't enjoy this. What on earth made me think that this was the goal in life? Maybe now you have a position where you feel you have no time, you're stressed all the time, you have a lot of responsibilities, you don't have any of the freedom and flexibility that you wanted, or you haven't managed to cultivate the quality of life that you wanted. So using your values determine that end goal. And when I say values, values are things like family, relationships, love, money, significance, purpose, impact. These are all values that you might have, things that are meaningful to you. You know, when I actually sat down and worked on my values, I was absolutely amazed at how much freedom really mattered. Freedom to travel, to do new things, to experience new cultures, but also how much my family mattered more than than I might have thought initially, certainly later in life when you're having kids. Number two, accept 100% personal responsibility. This is where you change from being a victim to being the creator of your life. You accept no longer this idea of fate. I mean, I sometimes flippantly will say, oh, it was fate, but the reality is I wanted it to happen and that's why I'm pro it. Oh, I want to just make an excuse and brush it off and move on. So why do we? why is personal responsibility really important? Well, the reality is if we ex- if we give everybody else all of the control, all of the responsibility, and we let them run our lives. In effect, we would go through life saying everything is fate. We might not like it, but there's nothing I could do about it. And instead of using our influence and our control over our actions, we start to say, oh, well, it doesn't matter what I do. This is what will happen. 
you're just going to be miserable because you're going to be living a life of fate that you didn't want in the first place, but you'll give yourself an excuse to complain about it. When we realise we're not a victim, we don't have to be a victim. We can change our response to things. We can leave that job we hate. We can leave that relationship we don't love anymore. When you realise that you created, you put things out there, and as a result of the work you put out there, the effort, the things that you do, you will start to see it come in in the right direction and you will start to move towards your goals. But you have to accept the responsibility, the personal responsibility. It's not like you can jump on a call with that business coach and say, hey, business coach, last month I said I'd do all this stuff. I haven't done all this stuff, but you're still not delivering on my goals. It doesn't work like that. It's down to you, unfortunately or fortunately. I think it's quite fortunate. When you realise that by being intentional, you can create amazing things in your life. You're going to be more intentional about everything you do. Okay, number three on a developing a success mindset is to think big, crazy dreams, but start very small. This is really tricky. I find this so hard. I didn't allow myself to dream for many a while, and I know many people who didn't either. You might dream when you're a teenager or when you're a child, But pretty soon you get into life and you think, well, that's not for me. That's never going to happen. I'm never going to have that, do that, be this, be the other. And you settle. You settle in in mediocrity and you, you, you allow that to become your thoughts. Whereas I encourage you to dream crazy dreams. Because here's the thing. If you want some motivation that's really going to help you to do something that feels awkward, uncomfortable, that you feel resistance, that's going to be hard work, that means learning new things... Are you going to do it for the small reward? Are you going to do it for an extra 10 quid a week? Of course you're not. Are you going to do it because it means you get one hour a month extra with your family? Of course not. You've got to think big, crazy dreams. And big, crazy dreams could be a house on the beach. It could be that flash car. It could be that you get to travel the world. It could be that every three months you have a month off traveling or with your family. It could be that it means you get to have the ideal working week, which is your nine to three, three days a week, and you still feel financially secure and independent and have freedom. Whatever your big, crazy dreams are, maybe you want to go on a stage, maybe you want to appear on TV, maybe it's a smaller thing or it's something that aligns really well with your values. I want you to take that and visualize it. We're going to start super small with consistent action. Break it down. What are the steps to get to that dream beach house? What are the steps that mean you get to have a three-day working week, nine till three, and still feel financially secure? Break it down. Start small. And that's one thing we're all super uncomfortable with at first. Number four, get an early win. If you get a small sale or an early achievement of a goal, then it helps you to go for it. So whatever you can do that you know you can box off, that you can feel super, super elated, that will train your mind that, hey, there's progress here, there's success, I did this and it worked. Whatever you can do to make it work, go for it. And number five, the final one, I'm going to say it and you're going to resist it and you're going to say, this is crazy, Sue, this is woo-woo, it's visualize it. Visualize everything in your dream business and life and meditate on it often. That means before bed, in the morning, visualize it done. Now, if you're thinking, Sue, this is crazy, there's so much science that backs this. I do an episode on visualization coming up soon. So just make sure you are subscribed to the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Show so that you can catch that. But Here's the thing. 
We all know that athletes for many years have been visualising the perfect shot, visualising the perfect jump, that maybe somebody who does floor work has been visualising the perfect flip or spin, that, you know, athletes have been using these techniques for many, many, many years. And we know that by doing that, they're training their mind, but also they're able to train their body. They're able to walk through the steps, the flow, the movement. Now, studies um, go into a lot more detail on this, but basically what I can say is by you visualizing it, your brain doesn't really know if it's real or imaginary. It can't tell the difference between a dream or what's really happened. You know that thing where you wake up in the middle of the night and you've had a dream and you can't decide if it's reality It feels so real. That's because that's how your brain works, particularly in those moments when you're waking up and before bed in the evening. So visualizing it done, I cannot begin to tell you how much spending 10 to 15 minutes a day will really help you with your success mindset. Okay, I'm gonna quickly move on because we got so much to get through. I didn't realize I had got this much um, down in here, but it's all it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Now, now you're thinking, okay, that's that's you know a bit of mindset work there, Sue. But how do I get started? What do I what do I create to create more time? Right. Number one mistake that we make when we go into business is we trade time for money. So often we leave a corporate career to do exactly the same job, except now we have to do all our own finances and we have to do all our own marketing to even get the work to do the exact same job. Now, you know what? Sometimes that can be great because A, it gets you used to being self-employed, used to being an entrepreneur, a business owner. It gets you into the flow. You learn a hell of a lot more. It also means you get to put yourself out there. The marketing is hard. Some of us don't like it. But it also means you get to pick and choose which days you work. So there are some pros. But I want to talk about how do you create a business with more time to live? So this is about doing less of the time for money work and scaling and using passive income streams to leverage time and technology that's available to you. So in three buckets, I'm going to talk about how you might do that. And the first one is automation. Having automation in your sales funnel, that means you make money while you sleep, people book appointments while you're asleep, whether they be strategy calls or sessions, coaching sessions, whatever they are. It means you can also nurture many, many leads and many, many clients all at the same time using automated tools and systems. So think about that with your business model. The second one is digital delivery. So this could be the digital delivery of a course. It could be a workbook, a series of videos. It could be digital books that you sell, digital products like templates. It could be a membership or group programs where you get to deliver something digitally from um, a remote place. So say, for example, Zoom sessions. I'm doing a masterclass this Sunday, for example, on business systems. And you can deliver that from anywhere to many people. And it means I can also record it and then I can repackage that masterclass as a digital product that somebody could subscribe to or purchase later. The third way is to think of one-to-many delivery. So how can you help and serve many people all at once? This could be using automation or digital delivery. But one thing to bear in mind is anything you do that's one-to-one is great, but it'll always be limiting on your time. There's only so many one-to-one coaching sessions you can do a week. There's only one to so many one-to-one consultations you can do in a week. And each one of those takes time, takes energy, drains you a little bit more. So wherever you can think of doing a one-to-many delivery, whether it be a, these are the most common things that come up, why don't you join my one-day workshop about it? Be creative about how you can serve one. 
Okay, moving on to the big one. How can I make money, Sue? I just want more financial freedom. I want to be able to make money in new ways, doing everything that I've been doing before, but just finding new ways to make it happen without being glued to my laptop. Oh yes, you're singing my sort of language now. With 1,000 raving fans and a strong personal brand in a niche, you can make money in a variety of ways that can be proactive or passive ways to suit your dream life. So let's talk about some of those ways. So I'm going to split these into four different sections. The first one is to sell your own products, digital products, content that we talked about earlier on, ebooks, audiobooks, physical books actually in fact because you can get them shipped from Amazon premium podcast content maybe guest blogging where you get paid for it speaking online courses workbooks templates planners templates I want to go just jump back to that one a little bit people are crushing it with their own templates that explain how they do their day for example I do one that's this is my planner basically this is what I think about in the morning these are all the things that I do to get my mindset my gratitude in the right place and focus on my goals and then set out what it is I need to do those sorts of things you know we spend years trying to figure out how to plan our day because ultimately the planning of our day that time management aspect of focus what we're going to do it's life management and only the successful people have life management because if you don't you're just flitting from one busy piece of work to another so when I talk about templates think outside the box maybe there's a template for a budget that you use I've got a sales forecaster tool for example that you can download on my website there's all sorts of templates some of these can be paid for some of these can be free as examples of the work you do with paid work afterwards masterminds masterclasses subscription boxes oh they're big subscription boxes um, you can google there's a youtube channel that goes through different subscription boxes what you can get in them it's a really great piece of research you can do if you're thinking about going down the subscription box route community platform um, a platform such as where you know ebay is a platform basically it brings together buyers and sellers so that's one of the big examples airbnb is a platform it brings together um, people with property and people who need property there's other various ones for you know renting a drive space or renting a lift platforms can be absolutely great i know one called the queen beehive which puts together women who are able to speak or experts on a particular topic for other women if they want to support their businesses and support them as influencers and experts so there are lots of different mechanisms for platforms you probably listen to this podcast on a platform right now well you know there's there'll be others so and community community is really important you know never before have we had such little contact with people that we need support we need people who are in the same going on the same life journey so one of the things i'm doing is bringing together the lifestyle entrepreneur community which is basically people who don't necessarily have massive teams they don't have um co-founding members partners um you know a whole boardroom of people to bounce off they are on their own and they're sort of wanting the community of people that understand what it's like to be out there as a business on your own and can connect with others so if that's something that you're interested in then head over to my website and drop me a contact us form that you're interested in joining the community um affiliate marketing is our next bucket so you've probably heard of affiliate marketing it works really well in niches. So for example, I do some affiliate marketing with hosting packages. So for example, we do the tech setup, we do all the business system setup for your online business. And as part of that, I can do some affiliate marketing with hosts like GoDaddy, hosts like HostZinger, SiteGround, Bluehost. They could pay me for referring you to them as a hosting platform. 
There is all sorts of affiliate marketing done on Amazon, but Amazon is usually pennies. But affiliate marketing works really well when you've got high ticket um, products of somebody else's that you're selling or services that might benefit your audience. Now, this is really great when you don't have a product yourself and you're trying to still make revenue. You basically sell somebody else's that you trust and you believe is suitable for your audience. And that's the thing there, trust. I only ever recommend hosts, for example, that I've used myself and I know are good. Right, the next one is sponsorship and advertisement. Wherever you have a strong audience base, this might be on one of your channels like TikTok or YouTube or your podcast or social media profiles or a blog. Wherever you have a strong audience base, you have viewers and listeners and engagers, you can get sponsorship and advertisement from any of the big brands who are trying to target your niche. Again, I just have this rule that, you know what, I have to like the product, I have to trust in it, I have to trust in where it's come from and the service and all that kind of stuff before I could work with anybody on a sponsorship or advertisement basis. But that's another mechanism that you can make money while you're asleep, in effect. And the last one I'm going to talk about is outsourcing or arbitrage, as it's very popularly known these days. This is where you can sell a service to your audience and have a third party deliver this on your behalf. And the difference between the fee that you have paid the outsourced person or company and the amount of money that you charge your client is your profit. And this can work really well where you have a value add or where you're the person where everybody comes to you for help with their particular product or service, you know, their their need, basically. And when you help them, you just need to serve them because they don't want to be going everywhere anyway. They want a one-stop shop often, but you only specialize in one area. So I know lots of branding experts who team up with people who do who are graphic designers, people who um, do social media marketing, all of that kind of stuff, because that way you can provide the complete package as a group. But actually, if you were the person at the front organizing that, liaising with the client, doing all the contracts and setting it up, you can use arbitrage in order to make passive money off the work of somebody else who's there to support you. All I would say is make sure you vet the provider. Um, I am really rigid on this one. I will only work with the people that are the best. So we need to move on. We are running out of time here, folks. Um, What systems do I need? Tech tools. So there is a separate download on the tech tool systems, but it's also as part of this ebook, which if you remember, you can get from the show notes. Automated systems. This is the bit where most people get really scared and they stop or they get shiny, shiny bells and whistles. They see the new advert, the new shiny app that does all your social media for you, the new shiny tool to edit your podcast, the new shiny tool to put your website on. This is where we keep changing it, isn't it? I've found a new I found a new web link. I found a new email service provider. I found a new membership site. I found a new this. Here's what I want to say to you. Go with something that's well recommended in your industry. And if you need, if you have any questions about that, you can send them over to me either on the website or I am Sue Parker on Instagram. And I will answer your questions about what is the most recommended tool to use get started and commit to yourself that you will not move for at least the first 12 months because you're just messing and wasting time unnecessarily. We want to leverage the time that can be used on these systems. So we want to think about how are we creating a business that's going to be there for the long term, that's going to have maximum impact, but it's going to have minimal, minimal input on a day-to-day basis. 
So I talk about a few different tools and I'm just gonna run through a, a, two or three of these now. So the first one is you need something for creating lead magnets and social posts. And I'm obviously going to recommend Canva, which is where I created this ebook actually. Um, Canva is a great tool, they do a free and they do a professional plan where you can have access to images and things, but you basically need a way to persuade people to join your email list and lead magnets are the way to go forward. If you want more on lead magnets, let me know. Right, website, including your blog. Um, I'm afraid I sit on the fence where I say a website is necessary and a website is necessary because it's your real estate online. It's the one place, unlike social media and third party sites you might hire, where you can control everything that's going on. You can be the author, the writer, you can control the layout, you can control the tags, the the categories, you can control how you submit it to Google and what you show about your brand. WordPress is hands down the most flexible as you grow, but there are other sorts of freebie versions if you really want to go down that sort of messy, yucky route. Calendar scheduling system. I am absolutely blown away by the number of people who, in order to book a meeting with them or a coaching call or a strategy session or whatever it is, say to you, hey, well, time works for you. Let's have some chat let's have a few dming back and forth to figure out what your what does your calendar look like what does your calendar look like well what about thursday well what about friday well what about 10 a.m what about 2 a.m i mean this is just so labor intensive this is like being your own pa it's just a complete waste of time get yourself a calendar scheduling system i have a course available on how to set up automating your calendar booking tool so that people can just jump on there and book a tool, book a, book a time with you. You can have this on your website. You can have a pop-up. You can have a separate landing page for it, whatever you want. I have a course on it. Just get it done. Yeah, it's like a, a, a two-hour maximum course, probably not even that, probably 40 minutes. And you'll just basically save yourself hours of time every single month. Um, email marketing, you need an email marketing platform. You need to automate and schedule those. You cannot be sending from your personal email. You cannot be BCCing everybody. You need a tool that works for you. And you also need to automate your responses to people when they subscribe, when they download your lead magnets. You want to have a welcome journey that just works and it serves on a one-to-many basis. Um, And then you can also think about cart payment systems, e-commerce and digital delivery of your actual product. This depends on what type of product you offer, whether you're going to be selling events. So sessions where you do workshops and you want to, you know, use Eventbrite to sell a ticket to your session uh, and do it that way and use their platform. Or whether you're doing digital courses and you actually need a course delivery platform or whether you're doing a membership or something like that. There are lots of different digital delivery tools and many people these days will still use tools like Facebook groups, WhatsApp groups, Telegram groups, in order to create that level of community on top, which is definitely advisable. Now stick with me, that might have been a little bit technical and a little bit fast, but just stick with me here. And remember, if you've got any questions on that, that's where you can reach out to me. So we're going to move on to how to create a sales funnel that actually sells. And if you're thinking about what is a sales funnel, let's just imagine a funnel, an upside down funnel. And let's imagine in the top of the funnel is basically anybody who hears about your brand or what you do. And they're they're quite cold. They're not necessarily interested, but a few of those people will be exactly your target audience who need exactly the product or service that you offer. As they make their way down the funnel, they start to become more familiar with you. They start to engage more with your content. Maybe they download your lead magnet. They subscribe to your email list, whatever it is. 
But basically at this top level, you've got this idea of capturing leads. And in a really basic funnel, what we're doing is we're capturing leads and then we're making an offer to them. So in a simple online digital sales funnel, we capture the leads using ads or free content or social media posts. These leads might then go to view a sales video or be part of a challenge or turn up to a workshop that we offer. And then we offer our product. We say, hey, this is what we do. Why don't you buy it? And then we over deliver and then we can go back to the beginning and start putting adverts out there and so on. And it can be quite a, a a cyclical thing. You can have peaks and troughs depending on when you're doing the adverts and all that kind of stuff. But I want to give you three basic rules when it comes to creating a sales funnel. Remember, these are customers. These are clients. These are real people going through a sales funnel. So I want to almost make you think about it from the customer journey point of view. And this is my ask, my angle is always what's the customer experience and journey like? Because that's what's going to tell the most. So the three rules are reduce friction for your buying customers. We we want a low initial offer. We don't want to be asking them to spend £10,000 with us straight off the back. You might want to get them to buy your book for a fiver first or, or you know, subscribe to your membership that starts at five quid a month. Reduce the friction for your buying customer. Give them a really low initial offer. Also helps you to test the market to see if there's much of a demand, you know, that market demand for what you do. We also... We want to keep ease of buying. So don't have loads of steps. You know, if let's say one of your products is to basically give them an Excel template that does a load of budgeting or a load of, I don't know, uh, business finance stuff. As you can tell, this is not my domain. Um, what you want to do is you want to make sure they can do that in one click. They want to buy it, one click. Maybe you want to upsell, you know, a course or something else with that, a bundle or a guide or something. That's great. But keep it simple with very few steps. They don't want to have to, oh, go to my website if you want to buy that and then click on this link and then click on this one and this one. Think how many clicks. I just want three clicks and I want it done. You know, why is Amazon so successful? I can literally just buy now and it's got all my details, my address and all the rest of it. I don't need to do multiple clicks. So reducing friction is number rule number one. Rule number two, keep it simple. Complexity will just kill you before you've even begun. I mean, I just talked about, you know, sending somebody on a, on a really complicated journey. Now, my initial business was a complete, just a, a complete complex nightmare of trying to explain to somebody how they might go through signing up for the one-to-one coaching sessions. You know, I did so many online, you know, courses and different things that by the time they'd had this email nurture journey of like 15 complex and heavy weighty emails with loads of free stuff. Granted, I gave away so much free training, but the reality was this 15 email process was like, it was just me going, I want to just give more value, give more value. And I dare and ask them, you know, to sign up or talk to me or give me a strategy call. But the reality is it's just too much. Keep it simple. Complexity will just kill you. It killed me. Um, and number three, customer centric. You put the customer at the be- in the center of what you're doing. What you want to do is serve them. So if at any point it's salesy and it feels wrong, go back to your rules. Am I keeping it, re- reducing friction, keeping it simple and cutting the customer at the heart? What they need, instead of trying to make them add on and get loads of stuff they don't need or want, you know, all this fluff they just need to get to solve their problem, meet their goal, order their thing, whatever they do, faster. To do an example of a very long-term strategic sales funnel that you can get over on the ebook, if you just click on the link in the show notes, you can download that there. Right, moving on to probably the number one thing that holds most people back. 
And that's this idea that everyone else is better than me. There's somebody already doing what I do out there and they're doing it better. So why would somebody buy from me? How do I convince people to buy from me? How do I influence and persuade them to buy from me? And this is all about your personal brand, which granted at the beginning, you have to start where you're at. But here's the good news. Today's consumer would rather have a human to human connection. They'd rather buy from a person than a company name. So gone are the days where that big brand name really helps people or that big company can show up. These corporates are now having to hire celebrities, which you want to be more like, you want to associate with, that you want to buy from them. You know, Nike gets Michael Jordan and you see that and you associate him with the brand and the person he is. And that then becomes you buying from people like Michael Jordan. You feel like everybody at Nike must be like that, you know, super cool and good at sport and all the rest of it. So when we do this, you've got to be thinking about it's okay. I can be a likable person. I can build no like and trust. I'm unique. I'm different than everyone else. I can build my personal brand. And maybe some of those people that are buying from, you know, the high flyers don't want to buy from them. They want to buy from somebody like me because I'm closer to where they're at in their journey. And this is, this is something that's really helped me actually. So, you know, I am not your million pound business owner. I'm not your multi-billion pound or million pound business owner. I am not a business coach that's on here but is like, you know, 10 years and several millions of pounds ahead of where you're at and what you're dealing with right now. So consequently, I understand what you're going through. I understand and I'm I'm so many steps ahead of you and that's it. So I can relate and I can understand all the blockers and everything you're going through in exactly the same way. And you will feel like that with some of your audience. You'll be able to relate to them, whether you make something, whether you serve them, whatever you do, you probably have a bigger, deeper connection than some celebrity that they're never going to meet or or buy from. Or perhaps, you know, they might buy from the celebrity, but what they get is very little contact, very little community because it's so big. You know, I love Tony Robbins. He is one of my my idols. But I'll tell you what, going to a Tony Robbins Robbins event or conference or online um, masterclass or anything, there are so many hundreds of thousands of people there You cannot come away with that sense of intimacy and community and like you've been listened to and heard the same as you would do if you were to go to one of your more local life coaches who knows all the the great stuff, who still has that level of expertise, who's still maybe even been through his training or something, but they can give you that more personalized service. They can be there and connect with you on on a better level. So, that's what I know. And I know there's people that have chosen me as a business coach for them and me to set up their business systems over people who have got multi-million pounds because they actually feel that they're so far past it. They're like on a different journey and they never will get the same level of response or understanding as they get. So it really will help you. I can promise you it's helped me. So um, there's this thing called the influencer pyramid. And this is where you basically build up your expertise, your credibility as an influencer in your space, in your niche. And you do this by putting content out there, by building yourself as an expert. And you start at the bottom. We all start at the bottom doing social media posts, guest blogging, maybe speaking at a local meetup, going and networking and chatting with people about what we do. You then move up to becoming a blogger or a podcaster or a YouTuber or putting TikTok videos out, all of these sorts of things. 
You move into becoming an author. So somebody who's had a published book is higher on the scale. We, we naturally, don't we, associate somebody who's had a published book as being more credible, more authentic, more of an expert. So becoming an author is, is like a later stage of building your personal brand. So have that on your radar if you're trying to become an expert in something. And then the last one is where you become this expert that is the go-to speaker that everybody contacts you. They want you on their show. They want you on TV. They want you to speak at their, you know, international event or whatever it is. You know, it's when you really know you've made it because you're getting those invites to go to your um, specialist conferences and events in your niche. Now, the reality is you can start to build this up from the bottom. You start small. You do you do show up online at first and social media. You do start blogging. That is where you start and that's okay. Bear in mind, all of these things are long-term evergreen content. They'll never go away. Everything you put out there into the world becomes what you get known for. And that's you building no like, and trust. It's you building your personal brand, which is in effect, your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So that is really exciting. That's probably exciting, but also nerve wracking because I know many people who want to build a personal brand, who are building their business, but have a lot of resistance about putting themselves out there. They feel that their content is is not good enough or you might feel that you're not good enough. And I do do an episode on, on feeling not good enough and how to deal with it. Confidence, self-belief, success mindset, all of these things affect us it all in such a deep, deep way. It's it's so deep rooted. Sometimes you can have so much resistance against doing something, but not know why. And I, I feel for you. I want to say that it's it's not just you, that most people listening to this are going to have some sort of resistance, that I still have resistance now. And I will get comments saying, hey, Sue, you've been all over social media this week. Yeah, but did you realize the amount of resistance I had against doing that or against putting the podcast out there sometimes? You know, we all get it. We just, we have to learn to, I'm going to quote a book now, feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel it and do it anyway. Right, moving on because I'm conscious we are getting, we've got so much, haven't we here? Right, we are on the last section of how to start the nine ways to start your lifestyle entrepreneur journey, your lifestyle business. And this one is a biggie. And I say this is a biggie because if you can't master your life and master the time in your life, you will have no quality of life. I I learned this very hard. And one of the first things I had to come to terms with when I was doing becoming a leader in, in a corporate world was, how the hell do I get all this stuff done? And what's everybody else doing? And when I started to go into boardrooms and I realized there were some books you could read on personal development. And then there was, you know, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People by Stephen Covey. You've got The Habits of High Performers by Brandon Burchard. You've got um, Eat Your Frog by Brian Tracy. And when you start to learn of these things, they really are a game changer for your life. You know, the number one reason we're going to abandon a project is going to be a lack of time. That's the excuse we're going to use. So let's take that excuse away and figure out, all right, I've only got a limited amount of time. It's a limited resource. What do I do with it? And I'm going to share the five best tools, the toolkit from the successful people. Um, so this, you don't have to take my word for it. You know, Brian Tracy's doing it. Uh, Warren Buffett's doing it. All of these people are doing it and they're crushing it. So number one, I'm going to give you a, a three categories. Every task goes into three categories. Do it, delegate it or delete it. 
I left that one, delete it, just stop doing it basically, it doesn't work for you. This can be projects, this can be meetups, this can be groups that you do, you either do it, you delegate it or you delete it. Number two, eat your frog, I love this one and I've been doing it for so many years and not even knowing that he had a book and then when I got his book I was like, oh it's a whole book of these things. Right, eat your frog from Brian Tracy. It's basically doing your challenging, most valuable, biggest, messiest task first. Whatever that thing is you put off every day that you have to do. That thing that's going to be the biggest needle mover and it's messy and it's big and it's horrible. Do that first. First thing in the morning, it will change your life. You'll feel this weight release. You'll feel this, you know, hit of dopamine because you achieve something. You tick the biggest, messiest thing off your list. I cannot begin to tell you how rewarding it is. If you're somebody who likes to knock out the ballpark, all of those small tasks, you know, the little quick wins in the morning, this will change your mind about that. And it will definitely change your output. Number three, master distractions. Ooh, we are in a distraction world. Uh, There are so many books now helping you to remove your distractions because one of the biggest things affecting our focus, affecting our productivity and the deep work that we do, you know, when you really get into something is distractions. So mobile phone, just get it in another room. Laptop, turn off your email notifications. It's estimated that we lose two hours a day to distractions. I reckon I lose more than that if I don't adhere to these rules. If my laptop and my tablet and my phone are on the same desk, every jingle from parent mail, every jingle from WhatsApp, every email notification is distracting me all day long from getting that deep focus into something. So right now I'm recording this podcast and my telephone is in the kitchen. It's on charge and it's nowhere near me. And it's also been set to work mode where I've got basically these focus things that only accept calls from like school, my husband, um, and somebody else who's, who's really important in, and might have might have a need for me. And outside of these times, it won't accept anything else. So master your distractions, massive one there. And turning off your email notifications, honestly, that has been a big game changer for me. Number four, use time blocks. And in a time block, do one thing for that time. You do not move on to another task until it's complete. How many times do you pick something up, put it down, pick it up, pick it up, pick it, put it down, open your email, think, oh, I'll answer that later. And the reality is it takes us longer. We touch it more times unnecessarily and it takes us longer. This is my time block for recording and I'm using it for just recording. And until I finish this episode, we will not be doing anything else. Number five is remember to always plan every single day in advance. There is so much time wasted in the morning trying to figure out what to do, but also you mellow, you sort of, um, no, not mellow, marinate if you like. I'm going using food terms, I must be hungry. Um, you marinate on what it is you're going to do the next day. So if you have written a to-do list and it's got three actions on it, you will spend the night reflecting on it. So if I have calls the following day about, with interviews basically, you know, let's say I've got an interview tomorrow with an entrepreneur about how they started their business during the recession, during the COVID pandemic, I will sort of be thinking of that subconsciously through the night and in the evening about what questions, what kind of conversation I want to have with them, what outputs do we want to get out for the listeners? I'll be thinking about that before I delve right into it tomorrow morning to say, right, I'm going to sit down and my first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to read their bio again, get acquainted with their business and write out the questions. Remember to plan your day in advance and you will save so much time on the day and 
and you just you just hit the ground running really don't you um i love i have this productivity manifesto i have this basically a list of rules that you will live by that will allow you to figure out what your primary key outputs are going to be to get more done in the same time because i honestly believe that life mastery is time mastery and mastery of what you spend that time doing and you can get that over on the ebook, which if you didn't catch is in the show notes, the link to it, go grab it now, go head over to the website, download your copy, print it off, and you can keep referring to each of these sections. I would love to hear from you. Either use the contact us form on the website or I am Sue Parker, and I can't wait to hear how you're getting on with building your lifestyle business. For now, have a fantastic week, folks, and I'll speak to you again very soon. Congratulations for showing up and being one of the 8% that actually turn their dreams into reality. I appreciate you for listening and I am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life. For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it. Hold up. 